Welcome to the Full Out Podcast, where you'll get tools, tips, and inspiration to start living your most passionate, expansive, and abundant life. I'm your host, Samantha Jo Harvey, professional dancer and group fitness trainer turned lifestyle entrepreneur, speaker, and women's empowerment coach. It is my mission to help women live their lives full out. No more surviving your days, playing small, or marking your way through life. It's time to let go of your blocks, step into your power, and own that you are worthy of having everything you want in your life, business, and relationships. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the Full Out Podcast. It's Sam, your host, and I'm so thankful you are here. Holy moly, you all are amazing. The amount of messages and screenshots and things I received from you all from last week's episode about my breakup uh, is just incredible. So I feel the love. I feel the good vibes and all of the energy, and I so appreciate it. Just wanted to say thank you. My request, my ask is if you like this podcast, if you've been listening and you found some nugget of knowledge, if you could go rate and review on iTunes, it would mean the world to me so we can get this message out and get more amazing people on as guests. So today you are going to love this interview. Today's interview is with my friend Jessa Lynn, who is an intuition and mindset coach who helps her clients clear their mind to be more spiritually aligned. I love how that rhymes. Uh, She is a self-proclaimed boundary queen, which we're definitely going to talk about today, and she has a clear mission to help others live their most remarkable, authentic, and joy-filled life. She's been put on this planet to help guide you back to your true unshakable self. And let me tell you, she has so many insights. There's so many tidbits of amazing, incredible knowledge that I took a million notes while she was talking and I just can't wait to hear what your biggest takeaways are. She is absolutely awesome and I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode. If something stands out and jumps out at you, take a screenshot share it on your Instagram, tag me, and I will also tag Jessa on Instagram. Have the most amazing day and enjoy. Jessa, I'm so freaking happy you're here. This makes me so excited. You're another one of my mastermind sisters, and I'm so excited for everyone to hear you today because you bring so much light and so much, um, what's the word like? just spirit into everything that you do. There's so much goodness and I can't wait for everyone to hear from you. So you are an intuition and mindset coach. And I just want to say welcome. Thank you. I'm so, so happy to be here. I always love spending time with you and I'm just honored to share this space with you and to get to know your people and hopefully spark a little spirit in them. Oh girl, you're going to spark all the things. I have no (laughs) doubt at all. So just to get started, can you fill us in? You're this intuition and mindset coach, and you have a you use a lot of different modalities to support your clients. Can you give us a little bit of background? Who is Jessa? How did you get from being a young little child, beautiful girl, to the mindset coach that you are right now? What does that journey look like? What are those big points that got you to where you are? Well, it's been a lifetime for sure. Maybe multiple lifetimes all crammed into one. Um, To be honest, at a very young age, I knew that something was different. I was that little girl that spoke to trees. 
I could talk to spirits, I could see them, I could feel them, I could actually feel the energy of the earth, I could see colors around people, I knew things before they were happening, I would tell my mom, don't go in there, you're going to have a bad time. She would come out, she would be like, no, and I, she would come out and then I would be able to actually say the exact same words that she was saying as she was saying them because I had already been there. I already seen that timeline, I already been in that timeline and knew that there was a moment where you could switch the timeline and collapse it. As an eight-year-old trying to tell your mother this and not have the words, not happening. She told me to shut it down, don't tell people this. And so I like immediately started closing off by the time I was eight, I had experienced a lifetime of trauma, physical abuse, mental and emotional abuse from both of my parents and uh, being kind of silenced and left to adult myself. Um, they didn't take me to school. I took myself to school, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and I knew at a young age that there was a reason. I had a source message download. I was eight, maybe nine, and I was leaving my grandmother's house. And as I'm walking by this big tree, the tree just speaks to me and says, you're here to heal your ancestral line. I'm an eight-year-old. I don't know what the F that means. And I'm just kind of like, cool, all right. So I remember resonating with that. And then I lived lifetimes, so much trauma. By the time I was 13, even more trauma. By the time I was finished with high school, even more trauma. And each time I got closer and closer to healing that little bit of trauma within me, recognizing that there was like a golden nugget in whatever the main trauma experience was. And I kind of like held on to them. Some of them stayed in my body much longer than necessary. And by the time I was about 23, I was in so much dis-ease in my body that I actually was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and it totally wrecked me. I had lost complete trust in my body. I was carrying so much physical and energetic pain that I knew something had to come out. And so I started seeking, if you will. I had already been in and out of therapy since I was, as long as I can remember, and it never really got me to where I wanted to go. And slowly, these little intuitive hits started coming back in. Conversations, certain words, certain sensations in my body started coming back online. And a girlfriend of mine had been begging me to go to yoga. And I was like, yoga is for pussies. I don't do yoga. And I, I, she convinced me. She was like, I'll buy you a pair of Lululemon pants if you go to yoga. And I was like, those are fancy. I want a pair. <laughs> so I went to yoga. 90 minutes, 105 degree room. I did not expect any of this. I'm sweating, just like dripping. And we hit half pigeon pose. I'm like six, seven, eight inches off the ground. I cannot get into this pose. And I start crying. Not a little bit, but like Kim Kardashian, ugly crying for the first time in almost 10 years. I was able to start processing so much grief, so much loss, so much pain, so much anger. I felt every feeling at once. And I left that class going, okay, there's something here for me. I don't know what it is, but there's something here. And I, that day I talked to the teacher and she goes, we're starting a 40 day yoga and meditation practice next week. You should join us. And I was just like, 
here you go, take my card, let's do the thing. Um, that was, I was 23 at that time and it saved me. Yoga completely saved my life. Um, I had been battling some severe grief. I lost um, two family members back to back um, and then a third all at the same time as being diagnosed with an autoimmune I mean, it was like my whole life exploded. <laughs> and so yoga came to me. It was the one thing that kind of helped pull me back together. And then slowly through yoga, all these little things started popping up. In addition to the yoga, I started getting into actually understanding the neurology and what was happening in my brain chemistry and throughout my nervous system. I started actually taking classes um, to deepen my education really for myself. I did my yoga teacher training. I did trauma-informed yoga teacher training. I took two different neurology classes. I took a um, brain sensitivity class. I just like kept seeking and seeking and seeking. And then slowly I started like, move, I moved completely across the country, all on an intuitive hit. And all of these things started just snapping into place. And then I experienced another trauma and I was assaulted by a neighbor. And it was someone that I had trusted, someone that I was a friend that I let into my life. And it was one of those moments, a defining moment where I was like, all right, you girl has been through some trauma. I have done this before and I will not be a victim ever again. Now is the time to heal all the way from that little girl that was hiding in the closet, scared and suffering, and knowing in that moment, I never wanted anyone to feel that way. And I'm feeling that way right now. And now is the time to heal it. Now is the time to figure out how deep can I truly go? How much pain, how much suffering can I access? And then how can I lift myself out of it? And it was that moment. If I didn't have that neighbor assault me, I am so grateful to him. Because if that last moment didn't happen, I wouldn't be where I am now. I wouldn't be connecting with my ancestors, my spirit guides, be able to read auras off people via Zoom. You know, like those last skills that I needed to really access my depth as a healer, as a coach, as a friend and human wouldn't have come through. So through my lifetimes of trauma, I have been shown my gifts, my truth, and my ability to help others access that inside of themselves. Oh, girl. I mean, like, can I just take a moment to honor you and honor mm. how you view your journey? And I know that within it, it's not, it doesn't feel like that. In it, it feels horrible and terrible and tight. And I mean, all of the things, but to be able to be on the other side of that and to be able to find the gratitude and find the light within the shadow is, is incredible. And I think that's what most women search for. We search for that, that place of finally knowing and of feeling solid in that, in that knowing of like, it was all for a reason. It was all for a purpose. It's so that I can become this woman that I am today. And I just want to honor you for the work that you did do to get you here because now you are helping so many people on their journey. So I just want to take a minute to like honor you and say, thank you for sharing that. And I want to touch on a couple of things that you brought up. So when you talked about 
the physical and energetic pain and working with therapists and how that really wasn't quite working. Can you talk about those other modalities and things that you now use with your clients to support moving through the shit that we've got to move through? Because I know you mentioned neurology, you mentioned, you know, some other things that I've done some stuff with you, but can you share with everyone what that looks like? Yeah. So what happens is our brain is reacting to stimuli. Okay. And we have multiple parts of the brain and I'm not going to get into all the science, but what happens is originally the information that comes in the brain is coming in first through the ancestral part of the brain, the older part of the brain, the amygdala. Okay. This is the OG part of the brain. Okay. This is the part of the brain that wants to keep us alive at all costs. The frontal part of the brain is kind of where all of our ability to change our mind, to be elastic, to be able to go with the flow, to see and see outside of our normal perception. That's when all of that comes online. But it takes a moment to get there and it has to be a conscious shifting, okay, of accessing that space. So often throughout our day, throughout our lives, we have these experiences that trigger responses in our body and they come out through the amygdala, the backside of the brain, and they send off chemical reactions in our brain. What happens in that moment is we have the reaction and the chemicals start to go off in the brain, but we don't actually move through them. So the chemicals move into the body, into different places, and then it's like, then they hit this red light. And then you have another synapse that goes off and it sets off a similar thing. And then guess what? It's that whole other thing. And now it's backed up at that red light behind the last one. And then it keeps happening and happening and happening and happening. And it gets stuck in our energetic and physical bodies, okay, from our mind. What we don't often talk about is that loop needs to get finished. And if we don't, it can literally be held in our body as dis-ease, uncomfortable like moments, lots of like knots, any pains in the shoulder, jaw, hips, low back, all of those types of places are pretty typically known for storing emotional, energetic, and physical synapses in the body that haven't been completely finished. So yes, exercise is amazing. Moving your body in any way is amazing, but what's really uh, kind of changing that from like normal exercise what I like to access is somatic practice, okay, ecstatic dance, things that have no rules. Because when we're moving in a specific way, so let's say you're lifting, doing yoga, bicycling, doing a certain type of choreographed dance, things like that, your body has to be, it's moving in a specific way. So it's only cleansing out those specific channels, when we are experiencing especially emotional trauma, mental trauma, things like that in the brain, they go very specific places and they don't follow a specific rhythm. They don't get cleared out naturally. They need to be cleared out through sound, through totally like wild movement. Like right now I'm feeling a little bit of a creep in my right shoulder, right? So it's like, I have to do whatever it is in the right side of my body to shake that out. So somatic moving, ecstatic dance is giving you the freedom to actually feel your body so that you can release 
the end of whatever emotional trauma, whatever mental trauma you've experienced, you then get to start to complete that and actually get that little thing that's been stuck at that red light for however long. And I promise you, there are things that can stay there for years. You can start to process them out. You can actually complete the circuit. That's amazing. Can you talk a little bit more about ecstatic dance and this idea of no rules? Because, you know, like attracts like, and everyone here knows that I'm, you know, a professional dancer. I'm told what to do with my body. I, and exactly what you said in the gym, I tell my body what to do. And can you talk about this idea of perfection and our bodies and how do we access that? Because I know that perfectionist is like, well, I have to look a certain way or what are people going to think? And maybe I'm not comfortable in my body. How do you advise someone to move through that? So I was a ballerina for many, many years of my life. Work. I didn't know <laughs> it all. Let's go girl. So you know all the things. So I understand the illusion of perfection. I also know it not as an illusion. I carried it in my body for a really long time. It manifested itself as eating disorders, manifested itself as like dressing exactly like this. I always, I wore like the tight bun, like a ballet bun for a very long time. I still like pull it out every once in a while. Um, and so getting to know your body from your body's perspective versus your mind's perspective is like key. We move from our mind 99% of the time. Our body is actually just as important. It has its own messaging system, its own communication system. And we choose to go from our conscious mind because that's a story that we have subscribed to. That's what is being carried through in most Western societies, okay? The knowledge of the body is considered kind of less than. But when you have the opportunity to listen to the body, that's where major shift can change. So the biggest thing that I would love for people to do is like, how can you allow yourself a practice of dropping out of the brain? Just recognizing that the brain is gonna constantly tell you a story, but you also can choose to question the story. Curiosity is absolutely key. And when you begin these somatic practices, especially as a dancer who is like used to moving in a certain way, the most important thing is have fun. Have fun. Turn on a song that you love and just start shaking your body. Just start bouncing around. And like when you're in the bouncing, recognize the story that your mind is telling you and then come back to the bouncing. Come back to your breath. What does it feel like when you bounce? As you can see, I'm bouncing, right? So what does it feel like to bounce? Okay, cool, I can feel like my skin's moving a little bit. I can feel that my voice is starting to change, right? It's just allowing that curiosity to come in. And then the more you practice it, the more the body starts to take over, right? When you give yourself this space to get curious, to start to like, oh, oh, what if I go like this to the right, to the left, the up, the down, if I shake out my right toes, like the more curious, the more playful you can be with yourself, the more your body is gonna feel comfortable to actually release. 
especially for the dancers listening, your dance, that flow is going to tap online and you'll be able to actually feel this ripple from the left side of your heart all the way through the left armpit, down to the left elbow, out through the ring finger, right? Like how much can you allow your mind to be in your body, to be present with your body? And what curiosity can you bring to it? What fun can you bring to it? And just watch, check your mind, watch as she tells you, oh my God, this is so crazy. Oh my God, just watch the stories. That's it. Just watch them because their stories are where your healing lies. Mm, oh my gosh. So good. So good. So what like I keep hearing is, is movement as a spiritual ritual, like moving to access this deeper layer and level that we as women, as dancers, as humans turn off. And what I'm curious about is what other spiritual rituals do you encourage either for yourself or for your clients, specifically for the overachievers? Because I know my booze that are listening right now are the overachievers, we're the business owners, the entrepreneurs, the, the women that have like five different jobs and, and we're the go-getters, we're often in our masculine, what other spiritual practices or um, boundaries or things do you suggest to help us stay grounded, present, and open, I think? So for my perfectionist clients, which for those of you that are listening, you know that I know you, we're one and the same. Um, so often when it comes to spiritual practices, when it comes to meditation, um, there are like rules and guidelines. Meditate for X amount of time per day, and then you do this, and then you do that. For my perfectionists out there, for women who are already on a schedule and do things tight, throw all that shit out the window. The rules go away. This is a practice for you to create spaciousness for yourself. So cool. Meditate. Don't set a timer. Sit in stillness for however long feels good. That moment when you're like, oh, I should be doing something else, you stay five more breaths. Then maybe you stay another five breaths. Then maybe you challenge yourself, you're like, five more, right? Like, there is no right or wrong way to meditate. There's no right or wrong way to practice. There's no right or wrong way to be. I'm just like letting that sink in. There's no right or wrong way to be. Like we just get to be. And I'm so glad that you said that because I know that I was personally shamed by an ex for the way that I meditated. Like it wasn't the right way. It wasn't his way. And it made me really self-conscious about it. And it was very, I was very young in my personal development and, and spiritual journey. And you know, that was very tough for me. And I find even now, even though I've been told this, even though I think I know this on a, a deeper level, I still find like, oh, well, I got to do my affirmations and I got to do my mantras, but I also got to do my meditation. But my Reiki teacher says that I need to go do my own self Reiki healing. And then I've also got to do, and it turns into this like crazy to-do list that I'm like, I'm never going to be able to check everything off. And so I love that you are releasing all expectation. You're releasing all rules. And I love this idea of creating space. 
Like it just feels like a breath of fresh air. Can you talk more about boundaries and creating space? Yeah. So boundaries have to start within. Okay. Um, we often have this, let's just be real. There is so much out there when it comes to boundaries. I'm like, they should look like this. They should be like this. Like I am a person, I'm like not a rule follower. Okay. I, I totally believe that rules are made to be broken. Rules ultimately constrain us. Okay. They make us feel like we have to fit in a certain box. We have to be a certain way. We have to do a certain something, which goes back into the narrative of right or wrong and creates separation and containment. Our beingness underneath it is like so ever expansive. There's like absolutely no way to contain it. So any practice where you can kind of like break that open practice it, do it. If it becomes a to-do list, get away from it. And what that is, is right there. What you were just saying is like, oh my God, then you have this whole list of practices, blah, blah, blah. That is then checking in with yourself and creating a boundary. And what that means is creating a boundary inside of yourself, recognizing what it is that you need, want, and desire, where it's coming from, and getting clear inside of yourself what is necessary for you to access that space where you feel the best, where you feel the most spacious, most aligned, most in tune with God, whatever you want to call it, because there's so many different ways. And what that means is giving yourself time to check in. So this week, which is so funny, my clients kind of all ebb and flow where like two or three of them, four or five of them will go through similar things at the same time. This week has all been about having boundaries. And often what we do to create a boundary rather than check in with ourselves, we just say, okay, no, this is a no for me. And then we create like an excuse instead of telling the truth. We like create something that's in between that's like kind of the truth, but like won't hurt the other person's feelings. Well, what happens is that gets muddy. That's going to create a space and potential for hurt because one, you're not being honest with yourself and you're not get leaning into the discomfort of being honest with yourself and sharing it honestly with others. So when you create a boundary with someone, it's going to create discomfort 100%. And there's two types of discomfort you get to choose. One, do you want to be uncomfortable and have to have the conversation face-to-face -face where you're sharing your truth? And that's pretty uncomfortable, but ultimately will leave you feeling more in alignment, more empowered, and more honestly true with yourself. Or do you want to be comfortable in the moment, compromise yourself, compromise your inner integrity so that the other person feels more comfortable in the moment. And then afterwards you feel not good inside of yourself and not good inside of your body. You've got to decide which choice you're willing to make. That's a boundary. If your boundary is making sure you feel in alignment and good and honest and true within yourself, if you know that's one of your boundaries and one of your pillars of who you are, then guess what? Anytime you're in that situation, that boundary, you're going to choose the discomfort in the moment because you need to honor yourself and empower yourself because that is a boundary for you right? Every time we're working to create a boundary, it has to start within what do you need first, right? So are you willing to take on that discomfort? 
And then when you're having a communication, this person's crossing your boundaries, this person is making you feel uncomfortable. It's not what are they doing wrong? What are you allowing in that is making you uncomfortable? If you feel this person isn't being truthful, then how can you truthfully share how important truth is to you and that you move from a place of truth and trust? And so guess what? The only way you can create a boundary that isn't going to cause harm, you've got to be honest with them. You got to tell them, hey, a couple times you've told me one thing and then you did another. I really honor and value truth. And guess what? Sometimes when I've been around you, I have quieted my truth or I've shared with you something that's like a little bit of a white lie that makes me feel not good inside of myself. Make it about your experience and what you desire and require to feel good in yourself. Because when we tell the truth, when we come from our inner alignment, we do no harm. Mm, that is so good. I love that question of what are you allowing? What am I allowing in this space? That is so good. And, and again, it's like, it's taking back that control. Like we control the narrative. We control our experience. We, we control our choices. And I just, I love that because it really truly is empowering. Um, that's so, so, so good. So thank you for sharing that. What, yeah. what is a question that you wish more people would ask you? Ooh, that's so good and so juicy. <laughs> I love that question too. I'm like, ooh. You know, I wish more people would ask me, what can I do to be more in alignment with myself? Because my answer would be, just listen. Just listen. You don't need to do anything. Mm. Just creating space. Amen, sister. Amen, yeah. sister. I mean, I know that I've, I've talked about this on the podcast in the past, but you know, I think we get, we get those nudges, those little taps on the shoulder and we don't listen. I mean, I know that I got a lot of taps on the shoulder until I got hit by a two by four. And then I was like, Oh, okay. I'm listening. Okay. And I would have saved myself so much grief and so much heartache and so much if I had started to be open to listening. Um, so I think that that is massive. What is something that, or what is something that people can do if they're like, I do not know, I do not know what I want. I don't know what my intuition is saying. I don't know how to listen. What advice do you give to someone that's asking that? So my biggest advice, because this is something I've sat in that place, is to just start to follow things that kind of come up, right? So if yoga comes up two, three, four, five times, eh is talking to you. Do it. Tarot, healing, massage, essential. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's something that is repeating in front of you, get curious, give it a try, right? And the other huge piece, and this is something that I did not believe until I did it, is find a coach, find somebody that you feel connected to that has gone, that it's like doing something that you're like, wow, this person, something about them I'm really attracted to because they're going to offer you support. They've been where you are. They have tried a thousand things and can just help guide you. And they're never going to tell you. The right coach for you is never going to tell you, do this, do that. This is right. This is right. You should. You should. Okay. The right coach is just going to help. It's just going to be there. It's going to hold a mirror for you. It's going to stand next to you while you go through the fire. They're never going to push you into it. They're never going to force you but they're going to hold you. 
they're going to be there with you as you have that experience. And to have that support, to have that accountability, to have somebody there who's been where you are in the fire, in the darkness, and in all of that muck and that mire is so healing because so often the reason why we feel the way that we feel is because we feel so separate. We feel so alone. That's the original wound of humanness is the separation. And so when you have someone who can be with you, you start to heal that wound. And that's like, we all have that wound inside of ourselves. So if you can find someone that you can trust to be with you, to help guide you, to hold your hand, not only are you on the right step of your journey, you're also healing one of our deepest wounds. Jessalyn, girl, that was so powerful and beautifully said. Like, thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for that. On that note, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Uh, the best place, honestly, is Instagram at the only Jessalyn and uh, online, jessalynrose.com. Um, my website, we're getting a little zhuzh right now. So in the next couple of weeks, it'll be up and live with all of my new offerings. Um, and I am coming out with a subscription-based, community-based offering um, that's going to be hosted via Instagram because that's my personal favorite media and way to interact with people. It feels authentic and real for me. Um, and I'm always open to having one-on-one -on -one calls. I do deep dive sessions as well as uh, six-month container and longer coaching. So I, I would love to love connect. That. Yes. Well, we're going to hook that up um, in the show notes. But before you go, I do have one question for you. And because you're a dancer, I don't need to explain it. So if someone were to ask you, Jessa, how do I live my life full out? What do you tell them? Move, breathe, and do less. Thank you so much for joining me. If today's podcast inspired you in any way, we would love your support in spreading the word. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and let the other queens in your life know that they are also worthy of living life full out. If you want to continue the conversation, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook at Samantha Joe Harvey. Have a fabulous day, and I'll see you next time.